Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where we go back in time and randomly select a movie to talk about. And this week we have a thriller. My name is Matt Morris. I'm joined by Nick Nolte. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Nolte sounds like this now, guys. I'm Nick Nolte. I've aged really bad. Does he sound like that now? He does now. Oh my God. He sounds like throat cancer supreme. He sounds. Like the beginning of that in this movie, like it's starting. <laughs> well, I saw him and th- I didn't even know he's in this movie. Yeah, me neither. I, I was like, Nick Nolte's up in this movie. Yeah, up he, in this piece. At least he sounds, he sounds normal. Yeah. But now, if you go watch A Walk in the Woods, which is like a <laughs> one of those old men like adventure movies. Yeah. That Morgan Freeman can't stop making these days. Like he's not in. <laughs> Cat, cat attack, sorry. <laughs> the, cat, the cat is still here. The cat here. is still here. <laughs> For those who were with us last uh, episode. Uh, yeah, A Walk in the Woods. It's Nick Nolte and Robert Redford. And Nick Nolte sounds like this the whole time. <laughs> oh, jeez. That sounds it's, awful. It's pretty scary. But it's, a, it's kind of a Does he have, movie. like, laryngitis or something? I don't know, man. I just made, he just lived a hard life. Well. He's one know. of those guys. I always get him and Gary Busey confused. I could see that. You yeah, know, they're they're both kind of nuts. They're contemporaries, and, but I I crazy, think crazy white dudes. Yeah, but I think Nick Nolte is actually a really good actor. I don't know about this movie, <laughs> not yeah. the, not no. this movie. He's great in Thin Red Line. Like he's yeah, yeah. yeah I think he's great. Yeah. So no, I'm not Gary, bashing. I'm Gary not... Busey. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what Gary Busey was in one of the Beverly Hills movies, wasn't he? He, uh, I don't know. Okay. I just know he's always known as like a being totally nuts. I don't have a lot of um, Gary Busey knowledge on tap. I don't either. I know um, that he has like Alzheimer's or dementia or something. Uh, that's sad. <laughs> I don't know if he does. I just know he's oh, kind of cray cray. I thought he did. Uh, I think that's why he's crazy, right? No, I just think he's nuts. Oh, okay. Maybe that's but it. Let us know. Or he had a concussion or something. Tw- tweet us. Tw- Twitter Tw- at us. Twitter at us and let us know if Gary Busey's crazy. All right. So, Gabe, have you been watching any movies lately? Have you been uh, fil- filming it up? Yeah, I watched a movie yesterday. I'll probably review it on Letterboxd. Don't judge me. Don't judge it till you watch it. I cried. I watched Creed. Oh, the the Rocky, the recent Rocky movie, right? No, the documentary about the band Creed. When <laughs> <laughs> my you own cry. prison. Um, I yes. would I would watch that. <laughs> I probably would too. Yeah. Scott Scott Stapp's life has been amazing. <laughs> no, I yeah, Creed, uh, the the Rocky franchise. Michael film. B. Jordan, right? Michael B. Jordan, dude. I love Michael talk, B. Jordan. Talk about uh, we're working out right now. That cat. Has okay. like ten percent body fat in that movie, yeah. which is so hard to even. We're listening to the Dumbbells, another great <laughs> podcast we enjoy. I love the Dumbbells. Um, yeah, they talked about Creed, so I was like, oh, I need, I do need to watch that. It's on Amazon Prime uh, currently, as of today, mm-hmm. which is May something. We're in late May, and it was really good, very good. Like I was shocked. Um, Stallone, not a bad performance. You know, Stallone gets a bad rap, but he's really not that bad. He's not. I don't really remember. I mean, I've watched Rocky. Of course, I've seen Rocky. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I don't know if he was, you know, he was younger. I don't know if he was worse in those movies, but he's really good in this movie. I remember him being good in Rocky. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that it's regarded as one of the greatest sports films of all time. He's he's so nat. I think people just don't like the. uh, I don't like the. uh. Anyway, people people think that's bad. I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. So did but, you liked Creed? Yeah, it's it's got an amazing story. Michael B. Jordan is fantastic. The acting is incredibly natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you yeah, if you think you're a tough guy and you're not gonna cry, <laughs> you might not cry. But if you just let yourself go there with the whole father thing, Apollo Creed is this ki- this kid's dad. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it's Dude, really I, good. I cried during um. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> uh, Gabe did do a good plug there. We're on Letterboxd now. And if you don't know what yeah. Letterboxd is, it's like Goodreads for movies. And if you don't know what Goodreads is, it's a it's a place where you read books and rate them. So the yeah. same thing, but for movies. And you sort of keep a, a, a journal of all the movies you've watched, mm-hmm. a diary, if you will. And you write short, funny, little, or, what, or serious, whatever yeah. you want, reviews. You, you write the longer ones, which I like. I've written a couple. I like them. Yeah, so go go check us out on Letterboxd. We're under the name uh, Rewind Cinema. We have a few separate lists. We have a list for season two. So we're putting uh, movie reviews in there, which Gabe has been writing. I've been putting the ones on the website, but he's been writing the Letterboxd reviews. He also has his own list of things that he's been watching, and then I have my own list. Yes. Um, Look for the Creed write-up soon. Ow, a tack oh. just like, went into my wrist. Oh, but oh my it's, God. It's fine. Cat I is going to eat that tack. No, he's fine. He's, he's laying on the bed. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've caught a, I caught a few things. I think I might go catch Pirates today after we do this. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, possibly, if I want to make the walk to the theater. It's about a 20-minute walk to my theater. I've heard the CGI is like mind-blowing in that movie. I've heard it looks great. I've heard it's a decent movie. Some people hate it, but some people like it. So I don't know. I'm going to give it a chance. I haven't watched the last two. Um, if you want to go check out our letterbox, you can see how many movies I've watched in the past few weeks. You've but been slamming those movies on Letterbox, bro. There was about two weeks ago, I, I saw a bunch of movies because I was just like on a kick. I haven't I haven't really watched anything the last two weeks, but I watched Casting Jean Benet, which we talked about briefly last episode. Yes, great documentary on Netflix. Super powerful ending. I thought that ending was incredible. Me too. Extremely creative. Uh, yeah, I watched Obit, which was about obituary writers, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. I enjoyed that as well. Documentary. Looks good. Yeah. You watched Tower, which I need to watch. Tower. I, I didn't like Tower as much as I wanted to. Mm. Um, it's it, on Netflix. It's yeah. on Netflix now. It, it's good. It's touching. If, if you don't know what Tower is about, it's about the incident in the six, Se- 70s? 70s, yeah. Uh, in Austin, Texas on the UT campus where a sniper went up on the tower and started shooting people. Killed, you know, 10 people or something like that and Not injured sure. a bunch more. So it, it just... It, the way they used color and there's a very cool animation style where they interviewed people and kind of did drawings over them and they did drawings over um, actual footage hmm. and they use color in really interesting ways, but they just try to make their point too late because the point is like it, they're making it analogous to what is happening now with gun violence, but oh. it doesn't happen until the last five minutes and they just kind of shove some news clips in your face and say, Oh, well okay. this is what this is about. And it's like, eh, well, you know, I could have used a little bit more development. Yeah. It was interesting. I don't know. It just it fell short for me. It was about a three and a half star movie, I think, is what I gave it. So I did like it. And then I, I watched a few other things that I can't even remember right now. A uh, super indie flick um, that I caught that was really bad. The time travel thing. Yeah, the time yeah, travel yeah. one that I wanted to like. Yeah, didn't like. meh. But uh, didn't you watch another Netflix? Didn't you watch The Keepers? I uh, The Keepers is a TV show. It's a seven part series. I've watched five episodes. Okay. Um, I still have two left, and I don't want to finish it. I don't. I don't want to. I, I like it. I like the first five episodes, but it's one of those things like people hate me for this, but Breaking Bad, where I watched the first season and I just stopped for a week because I was doing stuff and sure. I just never wanted to go back to it. I think that's okay. Like that happens a lot. Yeah. I, uh, there's, it's the paradox of choice. There's so many things to watch. Exactly. And if you don't want to make time for it, if you're just not feeling it, don't do it. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I'm not stressed out about it. <laughs> we, we sadly, I mean, I am sad. We didn't finish season two of Bloodline, which I know this is a movie review show, but mm-hmm. Bloodline is an The first season of Bloodline blew my mind. TV and movies are so yes. similar now. Right. I mean, it might as well be a movie. It's, you know, several episodes long. It's the first season of that show is incredible. Season two is just kind of just a little different. And we stopped and we just haven't gone back and we need to. But now there's season three. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I. So yeah. I, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, so. it's the burden of choice. It is, it really is. And, and, and every might... time I go to Bed Bath and Beyond, I can't pick out a <laughs> which deodorant. hand lotion you want. Oh, yeah, okay, or candle. Which they have toiletries. Which yeah. why am I going there for toiletries? But they have them. Yeah, and they're like cheaper than other. Places. They have everything. They have the stuff as seen on TV. They have a ton of that. They have the squatty potty, which oh. I haven't bought. Hey, but I'm close. Need to get one. Of those. <laughs> <I'm close. laughs> for uh, personal reasons. Considering. <laughs> Yeah, um, the keepers. Check it out. It's it's kind of like making a murderer, but not as good as making a murderer because we, Sophie and I, burned through making a murderer in probably two days. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We didn't really. Yeah. That that's a show we started, and I got bored with it. Yeah, I was like, uh, I can see that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Not everybody's into the the true crime thriller documentary stuff, which no, is like I normally huge love it. Huge right now. I normally huge. love it so much. I didn't watch Amanda Knox. I need to watch Amanda Knox. Is that the woman who drowned her children? Uh, no, it's that? a girl. Who, she was on in Italy on. Oh, uh, oh, she yeah, like yeah, killed yeah. her roommate apparently, and it was a huge yeah. deal in the nineties. Yeah. So much crazy stuff happens. Yeah, or two thousand. <laughs> track. I don't know. All right, whatever. Well, speaking of crazy stuff, we have a crazy movie. Gr- oh yeah, crazy. We, uh, we're reviewing Seven today. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not. We're reviewing uh, a movie that wants to be seven. Similar. <laughs> With today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Night Watch. Martin Bells was a full-time student who needed a nighttime job, but he just accepted the wrong one. Seventeen-year-old girl was found dead this evening. No, I saw her in the hallway. He's the prime suspect. I think someone is trying to frame me. And in the eyes of a killer, the next victim. There's someone very dangerous breathing down your neck. Nightwatch. Yeah, Nightwatch uh, did really want to be like Seven. Uh, Fell short, because Seven is a fantastic movie. Seven came out in 95. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? It's what he wants. Don't do it. Don't. Don't. (laughs) Is that your Morgan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I, I like it. I rehearsed it in that moment. Oh, okay. That was That's my good. first attempt. Well, my quote later, I've got to do an accent. I don't know what's going to turn oh, out well. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for guess that quote. <laughs> guess that quote later in the episode. All right. So, uh, Night Watch was released in 98. April was the month. So, we just did March. This is April. Um, there was actually... Uh, another version of this movie from the same director, same writer, 94. Mm-hmm. It was a Danish version of this film. Yeah. So think Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. 2009 was the Swedish original. 2012 or whatever was the reboot. With yeah, Mara. yeah, 11 or 12. Super close together. I don't know why they do that. Just put subtitles on the Danish version, which I'm sure was probably better. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I saw the, the ratings and I thought it was oh, seemed like it was better based I, on ratings. Okay, I should watch it. I saw the Fincher one, which was great. I was Night Watch. Super, no, no, no. The girl. With the dragon oh, tattoo. I was talking about Night Watch. Oh, the girl sorry. with the dragon tattoo. Sorry. I no, I've only seen the Fincher one. <laughs> okay, yeah. which was really good. Sorry, yeah. I, I I was like, wow, Matt wants to watch the 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 Swedish girl no. with the dragon tattoo. I'm good. I mean, it looks really good, and I've okay, heard yeah. great things about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Sorry, I'm 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 girl with Dragon Tattoo. Matt and I watch, and yeah. we're gonna re we're gonna just gather ourselves and, and uh, go. Here we go. So the budget for Night Watch I couldn't find. I don't know how much hmm. it was, but I'm sure it was more than the gross, which was 1.2 million dollars. Yes, had to be more than that. Yes, they had to rent a facility. It looked like. Oh yeah, I don't uh, know uh, if they would build that set. No, maybe. No, no. no. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it probably went in the uh, red here. Uh, some of the ca- killer cast by today's standards. Killer cast. Uh, Ewan McGregor, who is one of my personal favorites. I have a unabashed man crush on Ewan McGregor. I do too. I love, I love him. him. I love him. Uh, Nick Nolte, we mentioned earlier. Josh Brolin, Lauren Graham, Patricia Arquette, even John C. Riley pops yes, in for uncredited. twenty minutes. Yeah, uncredited. uncredited. <laughs> this was before you know Chicago. This was before. Yeah. All the stuff that made him big. So. He has like two or three lines, but he's there. I didn't know Brolin was in this movie either. I, I kind of thought it was just this odd Ewan McGregor movie. No, it was like a big budget yeah. horror thriller. Uh, and Josh Brolin is super... Well, he's like 30. I looked up their ages. Not, not looking like a college student, I'll say no, that. No, <laughs> but compared to how he looks now, yeah. he's a very young. Yeah. Lauren Graham yeah. is uh, young and beautiful. She's not in the movie that much, but she's Lorelai Gilmore, if you don't know who that she, is. She kind of disappears. She went through. to SMU. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Dallas, Texas, baby. Hey, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, that's right. Yeah. And then Patricia Arquette, who's really big now. She was in Boyhood. She's the mom. She was much more attractive in this movie <laughs> than she is now. She looks the epitome of 90s in this movie. She really does. Yeah. Um, but it's got a nice cast. It's good. Great cast. Great cast. Bad movie. Great cast. <laughs> um, here's the tagline. In the mind of the police... He's the prime suspect. In the eyes of a killer, he's the next victim. Oh. Ooh. Wow. Intrigue. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, a little fact here. As we mentioned earlier, the uh, my computer just shut off right when I was reading that. All right. The movie is a remake of the Danish movie. I'm going to butcher uh-huh. this. Please try and say it. Everyone listen. Not Wachten. Not Wachten. That sounds more German. Not knocked. Is night. Not Vakten. Knocked. Not Vakten. Wait, knocked. Get to see N A T T V A K T N. Oh, oh right. Wait, you're you're doing Not Danish. Vakten. I'm thinking German. Oh. No, knocked is I think German for night. It's a Danish film. Not Vakten. Yeah. I don't know. Uh but the director of the Danish original, his name is Ola Bornadal. 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 Ola sure. Bornadal. Great. Whatever. So he also directed this. Yes. So he had his hand in both pies. Sorry, I have been drinking beer, so I'm a little burpy. That's okay. Uh, I will take over for a half a second. I mm-hmm. saw Steven Soderbergh on the opening credits, and mm-hmm. I was like, snap, Soderbergh direct this? <laughs> uh, but no, he, he did a producer? He was like, yeah, he was a producer or like a writer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you did you really get the high pitch when you thought, <laughs> in your head? I turned into like a Wayans brother, and I was like, oh, snap, Soderbergh? <laughs> Soderbergh in this? <laughs> but he didn't, so it yeah. <laughs> was okay. Just a producer, you know. Uh, Whatever. So, <laughs> some scores for this. A 40 on Metascore, a 6.2 on IMDb, two stars from Ebert, so the same as uh, the uh, Newton Boys, which yes. I don't agree with. I think it's a little bit lower than Newton Boys. But uh, got 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fair. 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 Where it deserves to be. Does some things okay. Yes. Most things terribly. I don't know about terribly. Most things, it, it, it subpar. It, we will get yeah. there. It's it's well, 
Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go. So the opening scene is a first-person POV um, of uh, the killer. We don't know who it is at this point. Always oh. sees his hands and everything. Mm-hmm. Mystery. Good opening. Mystery. So the, there's like a girl. I think she's a prostitute. We don't really know that at this point, but she seems like she may be just in the way she's acting. Yes. Um, so she keeps on calling him Honey. Which is weird to me. I guess it's like a, an agreement that they had. We didn't you know. We don't really know what's going on. You just you pay for the. You want to feel. You pay for. Uh, <laughs> feel loved. You want to get what you paid for. <laughs> um, so the girl plays dead for him. She says, "Do you want me to play dead for you, honey?" Oh, it's so creepy. And the way they shot this is, I was actually interested. I was interested in this movie, much like the Newton Boys, for Very. a while. Very. They had me for about thirty minutes, Very. and then lost me. But. Um, the, it like cuts in and out, and it seems like a dream almost. It's very dark and like lighting coming through the windows, so you see like shafts of light and these candles. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, now, is this spliced in with the opening credits of uh, Nolte and they're interviewing Nolte on the news? Um, or, or, or that's is this after a, that's this. after this? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. The opening credits is just like people with their eyes blanked out. Yeah, like images. It's that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's very seven. It's yeah. like all these like serial killer like yeah. images with their eyes cut out and X's and stuff and mm-hmm. Nick Nolte on the news being interviewed about this killer that's running around and but you're right sorry so that's why I was glued to it because I was like oh it's trying to be oh it's so dark and like David Finchery yeah but yeah the opening scene though yeah continue it's it's pretty pretty violent yeah she uh so she's underneath the sheet and then he like he starts playing this tape that he plays throughout the movie which is um uh, what's the this song this old man yeah he played this. So dumb. It doesn't it's ever so explain that, by the way. So <laughs> It's just spooky. Yeah, they're just trying to be creepy. Yeah. You don't know at the time you're like, wow, this is so dark. Why is he playing this children's nursery rhyme song? <laughs> We're never going to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> and then it was over. And I'm like, why'd they do this old man? What is that about? The lyrics don't even make sense. No, like, no. no this, it's just okay. like a, like a, I think it's just like a Pavlov thing. You yeah. know that when you hear it, something's yeah. going down. I guess. No, play something else. Whatever. She has a... Body tag mm-hmm. tied around her toe. Mm-hmm. She's laying on the table with her eyes closed, and she's like, "Baby, honey, what what's wrong?" Yeah, because he's being quiet, and she hears like the lights turn off, the candles get blown out. She's like, "What's going on?" And she's covered under a sheet, mm-hmm. and he stabs her, stabs her multiple times, violently, violently to death. Not as violent as Fincher and say Zodiac, where you actually see it, like blood and a knife like coming Which, through the back of her body, through her stomach. Oh, Ooh. see, I still haven't seen it, but it's on Netflix this month Dude. in June. It's on Netflix. Zodiac is great. Extremely brutal and violent. Like, okay. hard to look at sometimes. Uh, uh, he does it so well. It's I'll, be, I'll be prepared. Um, so this, not as much, but she's still getting stabbed. You kind of hear like a, you know, yeah. like you hear it like hitting her. And, She's screaming. Let me just say, it's never good when you're sitting there watching a movie with your wife who is really, really sensitive to sexual violence. Yeah. When a movie opens up <laughs> with sexual with violence. Sexual, <laughs> with like extreme sexual violence. I yeah. looked at Allison. I was like, seriously, I was like, babe, you okay? You, you need to go to the other room and like do something. Get on the computer. I was like, I have to watch this, yeah. but you don't have to watch this. With a tear this. down her face, I'm fine. <laughs> she's like, I'm good. I oh, swear. She's great. She's like, she's like, no, I'm okay. I have my phone. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So she kind of half paid attention. Yeah. But she 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 liked the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, oh man, now you know we're gonna have a rough night. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be afraid. The sexual violence is key to the, to the uh, film. I guess so. Yeah. It's it's all about it. Yeah. So this this girl is murdered. We don't know who she is. Uh, and the next scene we're introduced to introduced. 
introduced to Martin Bells, who was played by Ewan McGregor. Uh, and he's just telling his friends he's, he's got a job at a morgue. It's just still like a continuation, so it's still in that same style where it still feels kind of dreamy. Mm-hmm. And so it like yeah. kind of like cuts to a bar. And they're like smoking and drinking and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and their voices are kind of muffled. You can it, you mm-hmm. have to watch it to it's it's really hard to explain. Um, I can't really even think of anything that I've seen that's similar to it. Uh, I mean, I think you can get the idea. It, it's yeah. done in a lot of movies. It's you're right. That's perfect. It's kind of muffled, yeah. kind of smoky, dreamy ish. Yeah. Camera's kind of like constantly in motion, like turning a little yeah. bit. Yeah, looks a little strange. Uh, in the next scene, so now we actually like get into the plot. Uh, Martin wakes up in Catherine's apartment, who is Patricia Arquette. Um, and I guess that's just setting off there in a relationship. Since and immediately we get into like the, his first day on the job in the morgue. So Martin shows up for his first day on the job. Jarb on the jarb on the jarb. <laughs> Earn the jarb. His first day on the jarb. You can tell it's been a month. The since Swedish I've chef is on the show. <laughs> Earn the jarb, Our show would be so much better if we had the Swedish <laughs> chef on it. We should do a podcast with just the Swedish chef because no one would know. Like a cooking show, right? Yeah, and 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 if you listen, then you're like <laughs> rewarded for listening. Because today we'll be making chicken milanese, shrimp chicken milanese, and no one would know what he's saying. Hey, that'd be great, man. Yeah, I'm down. So, um, he shows up for his first day on the job. The previous guard, who's kind of this old crotchety man, shows him through the premises, so we get to see, um, kind of the autopsy room where they keep body parts and like vats of um formaldehyde. Um, formaldehyde. So gross. Yeah, we get to go through all these dark hallways. There's a lot of like mirror play in this in this or like window play in this movie too, where you that, kind of see like, reflections. After. That's after he leaves. Yeah, yeah, but like you can still see there's a lot of like reflections in all yeah. the windows and everything. I just yeah, thought yeah. it was cool how they were setting up like you're gonna see this later. Yeah. He um, takes him to the mor- to the actual morgue. Mm-hmm. With the bodies in there. Yeah. And he says like you know, don't look at the bodies, just stare straight ahead. Because he has this box that he has to turn a key into, I guess, saying that he's done his rounds. Yeah. That's what that's for. Isn't that interesting? I yeah. was like, wait, what? That scene, so there's a scene where he, uh, the the old guard is like, opens the door to the morgue. There's like 10 dead bodies in there covered with sheets. You see their feet. And he's just like giving him advice for his new job. Mm-hmm. He's like, just look at the key. There's a key on the wall across the room, which yeah. is so creepy. Yeah. It was amazing. It was I was so into it at this point. I was like, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Just look at the key. And he has to walk over, stick a key in his belt on this thing and turn it to to show his superiors that he's done rounds. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. There's no cameras. I don't know why they, you know. Yeah. Whatever. What a weird, creepy way to... In, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very old school, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's '98, so I guess they in a morgue, so they probably don't have the updated technology. Yeah, they didn't but, have any computers or anything. So. Yeah, but I mean, even before then, I'm like, I'm sure uh, yeah. that's probably. I guess that's how they did it. But the even scarier thing is, over every dead body in this morgue, there's a chain <laughs> that mm-hmm. hangs from the ceiling, and I don't know if this is real. We tried to look this up, and we couldn't find anything about it. But the guard explains to you and McGregor. If you're sitting in your little booth in the front of the building, there's a red alarm, there's a light. And if mm-hmm. the light turns on and the alarm goes off, basically that means that a dead person has woken up and pulled a chain yeah. over their body to yeah. signal that they're alive, which is horrifying. <laughs> and in a really, really great setup for a cool movie. Yes, yes. I was, I was 100% yes. in at this point. I was like, dang, I that was, is 
Awesome. I watched this at like 10 o'clock last night and I was like, I am ready to be freaked out. Yeah. We were like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is an amazing setup for a great movie. Mm -hmm. It has nothing <laughs> it to do with that yeah. at all. Uh, but it was good. Maybe they got that from, I know um, back like a long time ago, like, you know, 19th century, 18th century, people would be buried with right. cords in their graves so they could right. ring a bell if they were still alive because they would bury people that were alive all the time. Accidentally, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Drugs were new, whatever. So yeah. that's what Allie said. She was like, I bet this is a tradition that dates back to like the, you know, 1800s that's just, they just do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if that still exists, but yeah, at this point it did and it was super scary. Yeah. Another important thing is that while they're in the morgue room, uh, the guard tells him about a night watchman that had sex with the corpses a long time ago before he got there. Yeah. So we don't know how long he's been there at this point. We don't we don't know any of that, but we just know that somebody in the past molested these dead dead people. So he's like, he was a weirdo. You're not a weirdo, are you? And yeah. Ewan McGregor's like, oh, what? No, I, but <laughs> so I'm Ewan McGregor. I'm, I'm Ewan McGregor. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like Scottish or something. But he's not. He's American in this movie. Uh, not a good accent. No. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh, I thought it was fine. I don't know, man. He sounds kind of strange. I. He's got like kind of a New York going, but then it comes out. Yeah, time yeah, time. yeah. I will just say, though, we can move on, but that yeah. guard, the original guard was a little too much for me. Yeah. He was, like, really, really playing into the whole... He was like, and then there was a guy who was, like, scary. And He's, he, like, trying to freak this yeah, guy out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, buddy. You're yeah. overacting yeah. so hard right now. And he also really wants him to buy a radio. Yeah, what's up with that? Which never comes back into play, but he's like... Five or six times, he's like, do you have a radio? And then McGregor says no. And he's like, you should buy a radio. You should get a radio. Well, it, it, it adds to the suspense because basically the guard says, they didn't tell you? Yeah. And you and McGregor's like, what do you mean? He's like, they didn't tell you why I quit? And he's like, no. And, and so the guy just doesn't, he doesn't tell him. He's yeah. like, you should just, you should get a radio. <laughs> That's it. I was like, Wait, do ghosts talk through the radio? Yeah, right. Like, so here's a little bit of a spoiler. Sorry, everyone. Don't. I, Turn it off now if you don't want to be spoiled. It, it just, it has nothing to do with why, like, you think it's going to be a supernatural thriller. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. about a serial killer, and there's a guy who's messing with, but they just make this stupid fantastical, they didn't tell you why I quit, did they? Mm. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and, and nothing happened. No. Whoa. I guess just he was scared. Maybe that's why. Maybe he quit because he was a scary cat. But it doesn't go back to I that. I would have been scared, dude. There's no ghosts in this movie. They want you to think that, and then, no, yes. no, no, no. So, uh, next scene, Martin goes to class with James, who is Josh Brolin. So, Martin is Ian McGregor, James is Josh Brolin. Uh, Martin calls him insane for some reason, just because he's like, James is trying to thrill-seek, like, he's always trying to, like, do these bets and do these things to, like, get his adrenaline up, mm -hmm. and then James, like, gets really serious and says, I'm not. I am a not thrill, a thrill, or I'm not like insane. I'm not insane or whatever. No, I'm not. Yeah, and so at this point, I wrote setting up something here. Totally, they, <laughs> they want you. They're like, well, hmm. why wouldn't I think otherwise? <laughs> I am not insane. <laughs> but uh, how wrong was I? So, um, <laughs> Martin reports for his first night of work. So the last time he was just being introduced to the premises, this is his first night on the job, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, dude, I was spooked. Yes. And this in this scene. This is the mirroring that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. He sits in the booth. It was great. Yeah. I was I was on the edge of the couch going, something is about to slam up Dude, against I was that window. So ready. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's really, really good. So they have him sitting in this booth, this glass thing, and he sits down 
And so the camera is behind him. So you see his face in the glass. He's smoking. And he's, it, it's like a, what, like two minutes? It's like, a long time. Probably like, I don't know, a minute and a half. I had my hand on my volume dial because I was like, I'm 100% someone's right. going to jump scare me. So I turned it down a little bit. Right. You can't see past the glass because you see his reflection. You see the room. And so and there's you're a black like, tarp. Yeah. blowing in the wind but you can see that you can see you the light can. coming off the tarp yeah the and, and at the at the end of the hallway of this building they're doing construction so there's this big it's very present in the movie this ominous black tarp that yeah. is like hung from a ceiling and it's always blowing in the wind and it, nothing <laughs> nothing happens nothing with happens it whatsoever <laughs> but it's ominous yeah. yeah so i was going someone is about to like come up on this window and just scream or do something and it, which was good because yeah that it's like we've talked about before. Movies should be about what you can do and what you can't do, yeah. right? And so, yes, you could have had someone do that, but they didn't do it. Yeah. So we're like sitting there, super tense, just like just playing with your brain, just messing with you, yeah. totally. Yeah, and it was like, good. If this director was just in charge of atmosphere on this movie and it had a good script and it had a, maybe another director, I think this would have been lights out. Because Absolutely, this dude is a master at setting up, like atmosphere i was i was freaked out right now it was now. great atmosphere great cinematography it really is yeah a, a lot of shots from like behind doors with windows in them and you see people mm -hmm. walk i mean really really good cinematography very very well done but yeah it just doesn't didn't hold up yeah so after he he's in the window for a little bit we get this super 90s scene where he like puts his headphone in and they play <laughs> this really loud 90s music yeah. and he's like rocking out he lights a blunt um and then i guess he's studying so he's studying for law school right because yeah. he's in law school mm -hmm. Uh, and then an alarm goes off, and he thinks it's the alarm for the room where you pull the cords, but it's actually just an alarm that he set for himself to do rounds. So that was freaky as well. Cause yeah. Like, Dang, it's already getting pulled. And I was like, oh, it's just his alarm. Dang. Yeah. But you know it's going to get pulled, right? Because yeah. they've totally set that up. Yeah. And you're waiting. And you're waiting, and you're waiting. So Martin checks all the locations that we were shown previously. So he goes through all the halls. He goes into, he doesn't go into the um, autopsy room, but he looks through the window. And I put here, good atmosphere. I was so in, so yes. in. When, when he gets to the morgue yeah. the first time, it's so scary. Yeah. Because he walks in and it's his first time and he puts his hands up on the sides of his face to mm -hmm. block out his images of the bodies. And he's breathing. He's like, oh, just, just, oh, just go. Yeah. And he's shaking and he's sweating. It was like mm -hmm. awesome. I was like, something's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing happened in this part. It's too, it's super spoopy. But, I was I was so ready for something to happen, man. I was so ready. They let me down so hard. Yeah. Uh, and the next scene, he briefs his friends on his first night. Um, and so his friends are Catherine, who is Patricia Arquette, James, who is Josh Brolin, and then um, Lauren Graham. Uh, uh, what's I forgot, her name? I forgot her name. But Mary. Mary. Marie. 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 Mary. I don't know. I don't know. M a r i e. Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah, we'll call her that. So. James says that he met a 17-year-old prostitute named Joyce to mm -hmm. Martin, kind of off on the side, uh, because Catherine and Marie are uh, in the bathroom at this point. Catherine and Marie come back from the bathroom, and then two guys kind of like catcall them for a second. Like, yeah. Any, uh, any fries with that shake, baby? It's, what it's one of the so guys gross. Says. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so... They come back and they're all upset. Like you saw these guys picking on us. Well, they like physically anything. assault these girls, which yeah. is they like pull Patricia yeah. Arquette's hair. And this guy grabs her Lauren Graham's face. I'm yeah. like, dude, I would kill that guy. Yeah. But Brolin is sitting there and watching, and he just doesn't care. He's dead to the world. Yeah. And uh, James is super obsessed with winning bets and winning arguments. He says, "My tolerance is increasing," which sounds like a like a 
superheroes charging up well, for battle or it's something. It's not winning bets. It's just he says that he just doesn't feel anything anymore. Yeah. He, he's like, nothing excites me. Yeah. Nothing... Well, I mean, part of that is like him betting Martin to do oh. exponentially yeah. bigger things. Yeah. And so Martin makes, I think, an offhand joke for him uh, to like talk to these guys or something. Yeah. Right. And they, so, they, they're t- their whole their whole dialogue between each other as friends is if this was a movie the hero would be doing this right now. Yeah. Then they reference that a lot. So Ewan McGregor's like at this point in the movie the hero would get up and go you know challenge those guys. So Brolin gets up and and he's like whoa whoa don't don't stop it stop it and these yeah. are really tough dudes. Yeah. He kind of talks to them for a second and makes fun of them in a smart quote unquote mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, and then he gets punched in the face. Right. So and, and he pays for it. And this is when we learn after the fact they leave the bar. They, he gets beat up and he's like, you know all that stuff that happened back there? And Ewan McGregor's like, yeah. And he's like, did you feel scared? And he's like, of course I felt scared. And he's like, I don't feel anything. Mm. And so they're setting you up to think that he is the killer. Yeah. He's like, I need more. I need, I need crazier. I need weirder. I need more things that can make me excited. Yeah, and it's almost too obvious at this point. So yeah. part of me was like, He's probably not. Not right. It. Uh, what we from what we know about movies, yeah. right? But but in '98, I've been like, oh my gosh, he's <laughs> the killer man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, right. Uh, another important thing is that after that, James also he he bets Martin that he won't sleep with Joyce. So he's like, he bets him on a dare to sleep with the prostitute he was talking about. Yeah. So Martin spends his second night in the morgue. Another lame '90s song dance sequence, you know, loud rock <laughs> headphones, like in a chair, music, spinning yeah. around the floor and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, it's, it's so dumb. He's like pretending that he's boxing, <laughs> and he punches the red warning light for oh, the yeah. morgue room, and it just falls off the wall. Yeah. Or not really falls, but it just kind of hangs. Hangs like out. It's like, yeah. Like it's old and. Yeah. Yeah. Why did he punch it? Why did he punch he, that? He didn't know. He didn't okay. know it was old. All right. So um, as he's trying to fix it, Inspector Cray, who is Nick Nolte, comes in behind him and scares him. Yeah. Just jolts him. Um, and then the, we find out the reason that he's there is because a body of a murder victim is being brought in. And this is where we get the random John C. Riley appearance. I had no idea he was in this movie. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I was like, is that, is that Steve Brule? Is oh that John God. C. Riley? That's what Allison said. She's like, is that, is that Brule? I was like, yes, it <laughs> is. What is he doing here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, um, Cray gives out information about the case to Martin at the time. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Why is he telling him this? And then it makes sense later, but now it's like, why, yeah. why would he divulge? I don't know. He like really saddles up to Martin. He's like, yeah, can I trust you with the secret? Yeah. <laughs> why is he, why are you telling him this? Basically he tells him that the killer cuts out these women's eyes. Yeah. He takes their eyes. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, it's so dark. So dark. Um, and uh, if you're watching, go ahead and shut it off. <laughs> go ahead and shut off this movie now. This is where everything just goes. So Martin spends his third night in the morgue, and the alarm for the morgue room finally goes off. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, Scary. And he was told earlier to call a number and that a doctor would be there in five minutes. Yes. That's what the that's what the old groundskeeper guard guy said. But the person on the phone is a woman. She says, yeah, the doctor will be there in 30. Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor's like, uh, uh, yeah. no, like he had to come now. It's kind of scary. Like, she, she's like, well, just go check it out and see what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what if something is wrong? She's like, it won't be. Yeah. She She's like, go see what the, go see what, you know, like, uh, what the, I don't know what the error or like what caused it, which mm-hmm. she's, 
she's saying it's not a person. It's just like an old malfunction. Mm-hmm. He's like basically like, what if it's not a malfunction? Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's great. It's like a good scene where you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess shut it off after this scene. This is the last bit of goodness. Yeah. I think. So he, it's also creepy because to get to the morgue, you have to take an elevator mm-hmm. down, down into long, the basement. Dark hallway. Yeah. And so when the elevator opens, it's a dark hallway. You have to turn the lights on, walk all the way down, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's creepy because the elevator opens and the morgue door is open and the lights are on. Yeah. Lights are on. He opens the door and the cord above one of the, yes, the, uh, is swinging. Is like the, swinging. The, 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 I don't know, the metal tables. Yeah. And so he gets closer and closer to it. The music crescendos and he has his, I think he like has a baseball has bat a baseball or bat. something and he's like about to hit something because it starts rising up and making this noise like ooh <laughs> and it's just James James just joshing dude just broke into Josh this morgue rolling. went down in the dark and went to this morgue room nothing scares him anymore man I guess not dude I just want to say he took a risk I would have hit him in the face yeah he was covered up with a sheet yeah and Ewan McGregor's about to bash his face in. He that's was a, very lucky that didn't happen. That's how the zombie apocalypse starts right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it was just James playing a joke on Martin. And then the doctor comes, the guy, he's like all pissed off, obviously, because then False Ewan McGregor's like, oh, it was just my alarm that I set to do rounds. I'm so sorry. And the guy offers him drugs. Again, Some, um, goes nowhere. Yeah. Just like a weird, suspenseful, creepy thing. That they he, did. Yeah, he like senses that Martin's like kind of anxious, and he's like, "You ever met this uh, like th- Prozac? Uh, or, no, yeah. it's like Thorazine or I some weird know. drug." Yeah, he, he refuses. He does it in like a weird, slimy way. Yeah, he's a Grima from Lord of the Rings for all my nerdy friends. By the way, you'll so you know how creepy this doctor is. Who is that? He, uh, I'm gonna sound like a super nerd. I'm not gonna go into it. <laughs> no, go go. go. <laughs> He's in the kingdom of Rohan. He's like the servant of this king. Oh, and he turns him okay. and makes makes the king delusional and keeps oh, him. Oh, actually, I, now I know who you're. He's the guy about. who gets thrown out and yeah. Gandalf like does an exorcism and he's like, yeah. get out of you know, Sauron, yeah. whatever. Sauron. Yeah, you're a nerd. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Grima runs away to the to the yeah. He runs away. So uh, Martin has dinner with Joyce, who is the prostitute that James is talking about in the next scene. <sighs> James told their waiter that they were engaged. So James like scurries off to another table and watches them as they like interact. So the waiter comes up and says, Oh, congratulations on your engagement and gives them this uh, champagne. Champagne. And Martin just kind of goes along with it. It's like, Oh, this is crazy, so, dude. Oh. What's happening? Congratulations uh, on what? <laughs> and then uh, Joyce starts to, uh, um, <laughs> um, masturbate <laughs> Martin under the table. Uh, because James told her to. Yeah, so she's being paid to service him. Service him. Under the table. Yeah. And it's very awkward. It's a crowded, like, five-star restaurant. It's not like every other movie where somebody does that and nobody notices. Everybody notices. Everyone notices, and it keeps yeah. going, and Ewan McGregor doesn't stop it, and yeah. you're, like, so uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's everyone's, just... like, turning around, like, disgusted. Oh. Ugh. Uh, and then the waiter comes over to kick them out. He's like, sir, you you guys are going to have to leave. Yeah. Because this is not what you do <laughs> in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, James comes over very quickly and pays off the waiter and says, yeah. no, but you just let him. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And the waiter's like, yeah, okay, I'll take your $100 or whatever you gave me. Um, And so James, at this point, pays the prostitute to do like a series of um dares. Like, tell her about him. Uh, tell her about yeah. Tell him it's about herself. Very uncomfortable scene. Yeah, it's actually a good scene. She started to cry a little bit, and he's like, he's t- he's asking her about her friend. I think didn't he ask her? Well, so he like, s- he sits down at the table. He brings a bottle of whiskey that he has in his like pocket, and he yeah. pours them drinks. Mm. 
and she says, I don't drink. He He's goes, like, 50 bucks, would you drink a... Well, yeah, he, go, he goes, how much to make you drink a glass of whiskey? And mm-hmm. she's like, 20 bucks. So he pours her like a shot and a half... Well, yeah, she gets a little bit. She pulls yeah. it, and then he's like, "I didn't say how much it was going to be." And right. he pulls it and pours like a, which is eight it, I don't fingers know. of whiskey. It's so uncomfortable though, because he's really, really man, like dark and manipulating, and just really like emotionally hurting this girl. It is very uncomfortable, yeah. but it's also very good. It, it's a good scene. It's a good yeah. acting scene. And so he's like, "I didn't say how much." Like you better, yeah, basically effing drink this. And so she's she's like kind of starts to cry, and he's asking her, "What's the weirdest thing your clients have you do?" And she starts to tell him all these. Dirty, gross things. He's like, no, weirder, weirder. We want to know. And she's like, why do you want to know this? He's like, curiosity. What you know? And he just makes her, yeah, kind of like a weird acting exercise. Makes her access I, these emotions that she doesn't want to. I was actually thinking about how good this would be for like a film acting class, but yeah, nobody's oh, yeah. ever going to do it because nobody has no, seen no Nightwatch. Knows, yeah, no one knows that it's there. It, it's buried under a ton of crap. Absolutely. If this was Doctor Walsh uh, <laughs> acting too, this is right oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> this is right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love you, it's Dr. a super Walsh. uncomfortable scene. She cries, and she, it's totally real. She's she's crying, and um, the important part about this is that Joyce recalls one of her clients yes. that makes her play dead. Yes, um, and that her friend, who was also a prostitute, was killed. So she knows the person who was killed in the first scene, and they made her identify the body. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great and, scene. I and thought it's, it sets you up more to think that Brolin is the killer. Yeah, because you and McGregor's like, well, do you think there's any connection to the you know, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all connected. Good scene. Good scene. Uh, and the next scene, Catherine asks Martin who Joyce is because she called. He comes in the middle of the night. He gets into bed. He's obviously drunk. He just like plops down next to her. She's already sleeping. So she's half asleep and says, uh, Do you know who Joyce is? She like called. She called. She called in the middle of the night. And, uh, and Martin says, uh, No. And the camera again is cool. Kind of like mm-hmm. it starts above him, but like, shifts like you know when you get the spins a little bit if you had too mm-hmm. much yep. it kind of shifts and it gets really close to his eyes like oh she knows what's going on you know whatever really interesting so uh martin again does his patrol another lame 90s sequence with the music whatever but he's like super eager about it this time like he's like walking around he's like really used he's not scared to all anymore, the stuff he's not basically. scared anymore yeah but he gets to the morgue room. So he's done like his, uh, you know, his dance through all the hallways. He's fine. He turns his key in the thing and he turns around and he sees blood trailed from one of the tables where the, the prostitute the was. body was there. Now it's not. Yeah. There's so, blood everywhere. Yeah. Jump scare because he turns around and he sees it and he's like a mm-hmm. And then you're like, whoa, hey, <laughs> you got me, dude. <laughs> Um, and so he follows the bloody trail. I don't know how he wouldn't have seen that much blood walking through, I guess, because he was dancing around yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he was just, you know. But he uh, looks down this hallway, and we see her dead, naked body against a door, just like on the ground, sitting. Yeah. Um, he calls that doctor to come again, and the doctor comes, and the body's gone. It's not there anymore. It's not there. And there's no blood anywhere. There's no blood. Where'd it go? This is one of my problems with the movie. We'll come back to it later. <laughs> just bookmark that. All right. So Joyce uh, is trained by somebody we can't see. So all we see is her face in like uh, like a portrait shot. Um, and she's trained to confront Catherine, basically, yes. and say, please make him stop is the most important thing. And she gets like this shot in her neck of a mystery fluid. And it just kind of makes her really uh, docile and like, yeah. it's like a it's super, heroin or something. I don't know. I don't know but Who it, knows? It makes her like, you know, dead to the world, basically. Mm-hmm. 
in the next scene, um, she actually confronts Catherine. So she's like really deadpan and she meets her in this like parking lot. And she says, you know, please make Martin stop doing what he's doing. Right. So someone's trying to frame Martin. Yeah. That's the important As the killer. Part. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, Catherine confronts Martin and she goes in for a kiss and bites his lip and like slaps oh, him in yeah. the face. It's like, dang, dude. Yeah. He's bleeding. Yeah. That's like a weird way just to yell at him. Yeah. Just you don't need to go kiss him and bite him. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird thing to do. Yeah. Kind of rude. Um, and then she like plays dead for him. So uh, Catherine obviously told her, or Joyce obviously told Catherine that, you know, Martin, quote unquote, is asking people to play dead for them. And then, yeah. So she's like, what do you want me to do? Martin, you want me to play dead for you? And she covers herself with a towel. And you're like, stop it, Patricia. Stop. Stop, Patricia. It's weird though, because they don't give any, there's no scene there where Martin defends himself. He's just like, ah, but. Yeah, he's in the tub. But I. You and see a little it. bit of his uh, his peen, which you see yeah. in a bunch of Ewan McGregor movies. Some random Ewan McGregor peen. Loves to show it off. <laughs> yeah, and and you're like, you're not gonna say anything. You're just gonna be like, but uh, yeah. uh no. Duh. So they don't show any any self defense there, which is weird. Yeah, dude, I freaking hate that in movies when people don't respond. They're just dumbfounded. Yeah, never in my life have I been dumbfounded by being never. confronted. I say something. It's not always smart. <laughs> I don't say. I don't have like the most eloquent <laughs> response, but I say something. Butts. That's what. That's what you said. Just butts. Yeah, but uh, no. But butts. <laughs> no, like butts, like actual butts. Oh yeah, butts. Yeah. A plus. <laughs> so. <laughs> Martin shows up in the morgue the next night and the staff are talking about him at this point. So it's obvious that the the rumor is, uh, you know, multiplying and people are realizing that maybe he's well, in... But it's because of something that happened. Well, it's because, yeah, what's happened in the next scene. But, um, you know, like, yeah, like he's just, like cleaners or something and they're like talking about him as he like goes in the door or whatever. So uh, we find out the body of the dead prostitute that was in the room and was on the door and disappeared has been sexually abused. She's like found upside down on a table. She's on her stomach and her legs are spread like someone had sex with her. Yeah. yeah. And she, uh, someone did have sex with someone her. Someone did have sex with her. And then uh, the best line in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but Craig, I'm ready. Craig says, and I quote, Martin, uh, what can you tell me about the drops of semen over there? <laughs> 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 Apparently, there was some excrement, uh, not yes. excrement, but uh, uh, excretion excrement. on yes. the floor. Uh, that John C. Riley found also. Yeah. So Cray asks him about the uh, semen yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and then Martin tells Cray about James. He spills the beans. He says, I have this friend who's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And he met uh, this other prostitute and had sex with her. And Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, it's it's got to be him, right? And so then you definitely think it's Brolin at that point. Mm-hmm. Another important thing is that Cray asks Martin for a semen sample. He does in the scene. Yes, yes. They go back to the booth. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Cause while we're at it, can you just give me a quick sample?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and the tube. Like, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Why okay. not? So Joyce calls Martin in the next scene to meet up with him. Uh, and then we also know the person, whoever the person is, is there again. Uh, Martin confronts James in the next scene in a laundromat, asks him if he's the killer. And instead of Mar- or instead of James just like saying no, he just laughs menacingly. Yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, 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 he's like, instead of saying, no, I'm not the, I didn't do no, that. No, how could you, yeah. Why he, would you suspect he's that? He's like, well, come back, Martin, where are you going? Yeah. But he doesn't, a- again, he doesn't say anything. You're yeah, like, come on, so stupid. Stop. What does he get out of that? He gets also, no thrill out of that. did you see the stylistic choice, like all the clothes he was washing were like 
bright red. You know what? And now that you say it, I did see that, yes. but I didn't think anything of it at the time. I mean, it's not, it's a totally small detail. It doesn't matter, but yeah. I was like, that they're doing something. They're just yeah. trying to make you feel anxious. Anxious. Yeah. All yeah. the clothes in the washer are like blood red. Yeah. So cool, I guess, but whatever. Cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> Catherine goes to meet with Joyce in Joyce's apartment, uh, but she has been murdered. We actually see the murder right before that. Also, um, pretty graphic. Pretty graphic. Lots of blood. There's a lot of the knife goes into her, and the killer kind of like thrusts her up a few times, and yeah. blood just spills to the floor. Um, and then, she, so Catherine gets, you know, worried and goes into the apartment, and then it has the song playing again. Mm-hmm. And the what is it again? This old man. This old man. He played one. <laughs> but Catherine goes into the apartment because Joyce called. Yeah. Right. She she called again and left mm-hmm. another message that said, I need to talk to you, uh, uh, Martin. You, Martin, mm-hmm. come to my apartment tomorrow at this time at this address. So Catherine listens to this. She spends all night crying because she's like, he's definitely having an affair. Mm-hmm. And so she takes it upon herself to go confront Joyce. Yes. She knocks on the door. There's no answer. She pushes it open. Joyce has been murdered. And she's in there looking at this body, this horrifying scene. Joyce's pants are pulled down. She's on her stomach. She's mm-hmm. blood all over the place. She's dead. And she sees, which is dumb. It doesn't go anywhere. It's so so not real. Yeah. She sees in the mirror this white glove, like, grip the door from the, like, coming from the bathroom. He yeah. killed her. So he was in the bathroom washing his hands. It's tense. He's in there washing off. You don't know who it is. The gloves are all red blood. He pulls gloves off. He has a second pair on. So he gets the dirty ones off. He's washing them. He flushes them down the toilet. And then you just see his hand like wrap around the door. And then he no. lets go and goes back in the bathroom. No, the dumb thing. The dumb thing. Okay, so he throws the bloody gloves in the toilet. toilet. At that point, that is when he opens the door. And then he flushes the toilet. Yeah. What? So stupid. So that's why he goes back because he didn't flush them? Because he didn't flush the toilet. Oh, okay. So he goes back to flush the toilet. So it's just to get Catherine out of the okay, apartment unharmed. come on. So Why would you do stupid. that? Because yeah. she picked up the phone to call the police and right. then she sees the hand. Right. So dumb. So dumb. I was so like, dumb. wait, what? It, it's, it's... So yeah, she, she escapes. She escapes. So she knows someone killed uh, Joyce mm-hmm. and then this early reveal, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of early. It's this is like two thirds through the movie, but it's still. I have some thoughts on this. They could have done this way better. They yeah. could have had a lot more of what happened after this and then reveal who it was. Yeah. But instead, no. It's it's uh, it's cray. It's cray. It's the inspector. It's uh, old crazy uh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes out. He has no idea that uh, Catherine was Catherine there. was there. Yeah. He pours you and McGregor's. Semen. Which is hand lotion, 100%. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All over this girl's, you know, this section of her body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where that would have happened. Yeah. And he positions it so, and he uses her finger to write Martin in blood. Yeah, on this map next to her face. Yeah, like on, yeah. Yeah. And to stage it to look like Martin killed her. Yeah, I mean... I won't reveal all my thoughts until the end, but it's just like they do this so many times, man. We're just like the information we're getting, we're getting so much at one time, and like we only knew what Martin knew for so long, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like over. Ugh. It's overload. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's... and so all of these things follow that are very very tense. Mm-hmm. But they could have done that before. Yeah, but then we know who it is. Right. Yeah, and it's like 
And okay. it, if they had saved the reveal till later, it would have been way heavier. But mm-hmm. no, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So let's burn through this third act because this it. is where the third act starts. Uh, John C. Riley shows up to ask Catherine, James, and Marie about the murder. Catherine says there was no name written down on the map when she was in the room. Yes. So things aren't lining up out of the gate for John C. Riley. They they sort of believe that Martin isn't guilty. Yeah. So they're like, but wait, I was there and there was no name on the map. Yeah. And they're like, oh, interesting. He was still, the killer was there with you. Mm-hmm. Also, Joyce couldn't have known Martin's name because James gave her like five fake names for who Martin was earlier in the movie. Well, James told, Small thing. James told Joyce that his name was Martin. Yeah. And he told Joyce that Ewan McGregor's name was James. So he said, the name on the map, Martin, it, mm. he said he couldn't have killed her because she thought his name was James. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. So yeah, it's, bring, it's getting bring that it, back. It's getting mysterious, and you're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But again, that would have been way heavier if we didn't know that the cop was the killer. Yeah. Agreed. So Martin goes back to the morgue in just his normal clothes. It's like he's not showing up for work or anything. But he starts connecting everyone that he knows, and he starts calling everyone. Uh, he eventually calls the old night watchman that was on before, and he asks, um, like, who molested the bodies back then? And apparently it was in the 60s. This guy had been working there for, like, you know, 40 years or something. He'd been working there for a long time, 30 years. Um, and so he goes down and finds out that it was Cray because they keep all of the files for all of the employees, which is a small thing they mentioned earlier. And he, he finds out, finally, it's Cray. So Martin knows at this point that Cray is the person who's setting him up and who is the killer. Yes. And then uh, Cray sneaks up on Martin while he's on the phone, and then he asks him to plant the knife on the table that he used to kill Joyce. Yes. So yeah. Cray's exposed himself as the killer to Martin. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody knows, except for that small contingent of people. You know, whatever. Catherine goes to the morgue, uh, and then this is just like action, action, action. Cray tries to get Martin to hit him with a baseball bat in the morgue room. So he's obviously trying to set him up even further. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a like the bloody body in there, all the stuff, and then um, everything's adding up like Martin is doing it. So he's trying to goad him into hitting him in the morgue. Um, Catherine walks in right as Martin hits Cray, and then he knocks a gun out of his hand, and it gets knocked over all the way to Catherine. So Catherine has a gun now, and mm-hmm. she thinks maybe it's Martin. Yeah, she, Maybe. Now, now she thinks Martin's the one who's the dangerous person. Yeah, so Cray goes over to Catherine and says, look, we got to get out, he's crazy, he's yeah, crazy. Get, get out in the hall, get out in the hall. Mm-hmm. And so he locks the door from the outside to the morgue room. So, Which is scary, because yeah. as a viewer, I was like, oh, snap, he's going to go kill that girl. Yeah. And it's a good act, uh, reaction by Ewan McGregor. He's like screaming, no, 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 mm-hmm. you know, because now he's locked inside this room and he can't save her. Yeah. And so that, that was good. Now she's stuck with the killer, but she has no idea. There's some suspense here. Could have been more suspenseful, but there's definitely some. Yes. Um, Catherine tells Cray that John C. Riley told her about the name near the body. So Cray is now connecting the dots. Like, yeah. oh, crap. People right. don't know. Um, Martin breaks out of the morgue room. He breaks the window and like puts his hand through the glass and like cuts his, his forearm. His I was like, dude, just put the baseball bat in he, the window. He was and, such like, an idiot. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. He he reaches through and like intentionally he's like screaming like ah yeah. as he grinds his arm. On the, I'm like just lift your arm up a little more. Yeah, or Put use the baseball bat. More. Yeah, and, and knock and, out all and, the glass. And knock out the glass, and he yeah. didn't. It was just like there to make you uncomfortable. It was stupid. I was, he, gets, uh, he gets out. I was uncomfortable. Yeah, with how bad this movie was at this point. 
So he gets out of the dead room. He gets out of the morgue room. Uh, Cray leads Catherine to the autopsy room, which is where all the body parts are and the formaldehyde. Um, Cray holds Catherine hostage when Martin gets in the room. So she's all tied up now, and he has like a uh, scalpel to her neck or something. Mm-hmm. James and John C. Riley show up to the morgue at this point. Catherine and Martin are now tied up in the autopsy room, so it kind of cuts back and forth between. So now that we know, we know that Martin and Catherine are indisposed. Cray comes out. James tells, or uh, Cray tells John C. Riley to handcuff James because he's a conspirator, uh, or he's like a suspicion of yeah. murder, or like he's blaming Cray. Yeah. So he's like, just arrest him because he's, he's just trying to cover suspicious. himself up. Yeah. Yeah. And then James spills the beans that John C. Riley is also suspicious of Cray. Yeah. He's like, don't handcuff me. You know, you had a feeling. You know, you think he's whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Catherine diehards across the floor, all the glass, <laughs> she but does. she's like on her stomach and like warming. Yeah, dude. How were her boobies not bleeding hardcore? It, they were bleeding. They, they in were the next a little part, bit. They were just like a little bit. They couldn't do it in that part. But yeah. So she, um, she diehards across the floor to pull the fire alarm with her teeth. Hardcore with her teeth, so there was like a bunch of glass in the fire alarm hand yeah, thing. Yeah, you break it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Cray, John C. Riley, and James go to. <laughs> this is so confusing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. If you haven't seen it, yeah, it's not confusing when you watch it, but yeah. So they all go to the office. Yeah, um, Josh Brolin, John C. Riley, and Nick Nolte. Yes, go they, to the office. They all go to the office. Um. Nick Nolte hits John C. Riley with a baseball bat, uh huh, unknowingly, yeah, because like, uh, they don't know yet that he's guilty. And then blood splays, sprays like, all over probably them. Probably kills him, maybe. Yeah. And then he he handcuffs Brolin to like a radiator, radiator. pipe yeah. in the office, and yeah. he's like, he goes, "Have you ever died before? Have you ever been killed before? <laughs> yeah, ever, yeah." <laughs> and James is like, "What? What?" <laughs> and then he, he's like, "I'll be back. I'll, I'll be right back." So he goes to finish off you and McGregor, mm. and Patricia Arquette, and. But but James, being the good guy that he is, cuts off his own thumb so that he can get yes. out of the handcuffs. He's tra- he's freaking out. He knows they're gonna die. He he sees the knife that Nick Nolte earlier put on the desk. Okay, uh-huh. that was good. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool because they redeem, uh, they redeem him because remember earlier in the movie he's like, I don't feel anything anymore. I need more adrenaline. I need more excitement. And so this is like the ultimate thing for him. So yeah. he sees this serrated knife. And he starts sawing his finger off to get it through the handcuffs to mm-hmm. save his friends. And he does. Yeah, he gets John C. Riley's gun and he goes and uh, he shoots Cray right before he kills Martin and, uh, and Catherine. Yeah. And then the final scene, they're all outside with the paramedics. All the helicopters are going overhead. Yeah. Martin says uh, to James, let's, let's grow old together. Grow old together. <laughs> Martin, uh, James says, yeah, let's get old. Yeah, let's get old. Martin says, there's a challenge. It was a bad. What? <laughs> why? I don't. End movie. And yeah, <laughs> it was weird. I guess it was like them making up their friendship because uh, Martin was a little suspicious of him. Because James is the most unbelievable character in the entire world, and yeah, it was weird. Ruined all his relationships. So and... the, whatever. The movie's over, and they wanted us. Okay, the what's his name? Nick Nolte was the killer. Cray. Blah. He was Cray. He was so Cray. So Cray. Cray. Dude. And that was it. That was it. Okay. Yay. Yeah. So I'll go first this time since you went first last time. Yep. This movie was good for about 30 minutes, uh, you know, 30, 45 minutes. I was really invested. The atmosphere was so creepy and spooky. 
I thought this was going to go such a good direction, even though all the ratings, I knew they were bad. I knew this was a bad movie, but I was like, maybe people just don't get it. You know, maybe they don't understand it. Yeah. You know? But no, I was totally wrong. <laughs> it falls apart 40 minutes in. It becomes this weird, like, true crime, serial killer, murder mystery where Cray is trying to plant this information on Martin. But they just, the script withholds so much information from us that it makes everything unbelievable. Some movies do that masterfully, you know? Like, we were talking about Zodiac earlier. Yeah. Zodiac is real, so we don't know who the killer is still to this day. Mm-hmm. But there's still a sense of mystery and intrigue throughout this that movie that Nightwatch doesn't have because they lead us to believe that James is the killer for so long, and then all of a sudden he's not, and he just becomes this inconsequential character until he kills Cray. Yeah. And it's like, would that character have done that based on what you told me he was earlier, or would he just cut off his thumb and left? Because you know, mm. he didn't seem like a very good friend because he was insane earlier. True. Yeah, so... I, I don't know. That, he redeemed himself, I guess. You I guess. Look at it I that don't know. Way. That's, that's Nightwatch's main problem. It just doesn't do things in a clever way. It falls apart. I, I thought a lot of the cinematography was really cool. I thought it made things very atmospheric and creepy. I thought the music was really cool. They used it in really interesting ways with volume. So, you know, if something was really loud. You, <coughs> bless Sorry. You. <laughs> that was loud. <laughs> if something was really loud, like that sneeze, you would think that something scary is going to happen, but no. Yeah. It just it tricks you over and over again, which I liked. So I did like some things about this movie, but overall, the middle part and even the end just didn't do it for me. Totally falls apart. Some decent performances. That's it. I would say, honestly, I would say watch it once. I think it's okay. I think at least for the first 30 or 40 minutes, because I think that's a clinic on atmosphere because it was so creepy, so scary but then it just dies. So watch it for 30 or 40 minutes, turn it off. Okay. So uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I There are great psychological elements in this movie. I think my main problem is that they really set us up to believe they do all this hard work and they set us up to, to think that this is going to be a, a supernatural thriller, even though they do tell you in the opening sequence there's a serial killer out there. But they go to all these lengths to go through the morgue and make it, you're exactly right, atmosphere, make it super scary the chains on the thing, the dead bodies could wake up and pull it. And you, so you're like, oh, there's something really scary with this movie. And so I think I just kind of felt lied to. Like, it, it's not like The Wizard of Oz when you realize, oh, there's a man behind the curtain, you know, pulling all these levers, creating this big scary wizard, right? Because that that worked in the story. This was just like, they set all this stuff up and then it they don't ever go back to it. It's just like, we're going to lie to you about this. It's a throwaway. All of the stuff. Yeah, we're going to build out half the story as a supernatural thriller, but really it's about a serial killer, and there's no connection. In The Wizard of Oz, it totally works, but here it doesn't work. It's like, okay, thanks for making me excited about this being a ghost movie. It totally wasn't. Um, I had a big problem going back to that scene. So Martin walks in. The dead body is gone. There's a trail of blood. He follows it. The dead prostitute is leaning up against the door. The do- he calls the doctor. The angry doctor comes down for the second time and he's like, what? There's no body there. And there's nothing. Yeah, why didn't he just show him the blood? Is that what you're going to say? What's that? Why didn't he just show him the blood on the floor? Well, the thing was, there wasn't blood on the floor. There wasn't? No. Oh. It, it, that's why it was so frustrating. So this movie, like I just said, not a supernatural thriller. It's about Nick Nolte being the serial killer. 
how did Nick Nolte move? If if it's not a supernatural thing, right? Mm-hmm. If this is being done by a person, we have to assume he got the body, drug it out there for Martin to see, and then repositioned it and cleaned up all the blood. Because when the doctor got there, he leans over, he he's like looks down the hallway, he's like, there's nothing there. And he mm-hmm. walks away. And there's no blood anywhere. Anywhere. Did they kind of explain it when they said that uh, somebody who somebody would have to know the premises to do these types of things. I mean, cuz he was the night watchman in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, so so he he knew the premises, but my point is that w- that was a lot like there was a lot of blood. Yeah. All I mean, it was on the walls, it was on the sheets, mm-hmm. like and the do- and there's hey, nothing man. there. I'm going to hire him to clean my house. <laughs> I get yeah. <laughs> so that was a problem. I was like, "Oh, you didn't really think this through." Yeah. Like if this was a ghost story, if it was in Mar- Martin's mind, great but it wasn't in his mind or maybe it was i don't know i thought they were going to go super fight club with this and i thought that um josh and martin were going to be the same or james and martin were going to be the same person yeah which would be great didn't go there at all didn't go there (laughs) um so they 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 don't explain how he drags the body out cleans up all the blood and maybe again maybe i'm wrong maybe it was all in martin's head but i don't i don't know so they do a good job establishing tone nice cinematography nice atmosphere but once they reveal to you that the killer is who he is, it's just not scary. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, okay. It's tense at the end, but it's not scary. I'm going to say don't watch this movie. Okay. Uh, That's fair. I just think... I was on the fence. I, 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 it's not like it's... You'll sit there and you'll be entertained by it, but it's just not that good. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's better movies to watch. So don't watch it if... I don't know. It's just not that good. Fair enough. Yeah. That is Night Watch. That's Night Watch. That's Night Watch. You know... I, I didn't give Wally enough credit. I thought he was going to cry during one of these episodes. He did you know not what? cry at He's all. He's a boss. He's just He's sleeping. laying on my bed over there. He's sleeping and weeping right now. He's sleeping. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. He's sleeping hard. Good job, Wally. Good job, Wally. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into Guess, Guess That, that quote. quote. Welcome to Guess That Quote. There can only be one podcast. One podcast. One podcast. All right. So, uh, like I said last time, if you're joining us for the first time or you missed last time, Gabe and I are tied at seven to seven now. <laughs> Threw him a little bit of a curveball last time, I think. Oh kinda, my gosh. It was kinda, so hard. Kind of sent him for a loop. I think this one will be easier a little bit for him. But how we play this game is we both bring a quote. We have 60 seconds to guess the quote. You guess it in 20 seconds, you get three points. 40, 2, 20, 1. Yeah. All that. Um, so, yeah. Let's get started. Let's uh, get started. I'm giving you the quote first this time, right? Uh, yes. I think so. Okay, I'm, just, I'm really nervous right now. Hey, you're going to be fine. Okay. I got to get my... Uh... I don't like this. I have to perform. You know, if I don't know it, I look like an idiot. <laughs> Now you know how I feel all the time when people quote movies and I have no idea what they're talking about. All right, let me know when you're ready. Ready. All right. It's shite being Scottish. We're the lowest of the low. The scum of the fucking earth. The most wretched, miserable, servile, pathetic piece of trash that was ever shat into civilization. Some hate the English. I don't. They're just wankers. We, on the other hand, are colonized by wankers. Can't even find a decent culture to be colonized by. We're ruined. Uh, we're ruled by effete assholes. It's a shite state of affairs to be in, Tommy. And all the fresh air in the world won't make any fucking difference. 
Snatch. No. I will say close. You got you got like 10 seconds to roommate it on that for you. All right. And then I will give you your first Because there's a character named Tommy in Snatch, so I was like... It's close. It's close. All right, here we go. Here's your first clue. Often regarded as a top 10 UK film of all time. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I want to go Guy Ritchie here. Like, I don't know. Lockstock? No. This next one will help you out, I think. It's going to give you the director. Okay. Helped Danny Boyle burst onto the film scene. Trainspotting. Trainspotting. I have not seen Trainspotting. You haven't seen Trainspotting? I know. I'm terrible. I'm oh, a terrible mo- movie reviewer. I picked it because it even McGregor. I know. Okay. Sorry. I just haven't seen it. Oh That's man! That's why you I'm, gotta watch. I know I'm terrible. I did. I did. You know, didn't don't see a dead baby. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but yeah. You, you, you see it crawling on the ceiling. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> so I need to watch it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. You should watch Transpotting. I thought you had watched it. I'm sorry. I, but no, 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 that's that's this game. That's that's true. Don't this should apologize. be a difficult game. It should be a difficult game. It should be difficult. See, it's more fun I'm not way. as genius as you thought I was in the first two episodes we did this. Well, you know, everyone is mortal. How many points are that? Is this that one point or two points? I think that's... I'm going to just go one because one. I, get, I had two and that was my third guess. Yeah. Okay. So, so you are now at eight. I am at seven. All right. Here, here we, we go. go. You ready? I'm so ready. You're not old enough to shave. What are you doing with a sword and flying around? This is an insurance nightmare. What is this? Some Lord of the Flies preschool? Where are your parents? Who's in charge here? Again, context clues will help you out. Hook. Hook, you got it. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> nice, bro. I was like, ah, oh, like a not hard, not super hard, but hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... See, and I also forget when we play this game, I'm what, four years older than you? Yeah. Five? You're not, I mean, you're not much older than me. Well, how old are you? I'm 26. I'm going to be 27 in October. Okay. So, you know, four. I'll be 31 in August. So, yeah. Yeah. So my childhood was a little different, but I guess you did watch Hook. But I watched Hook a lot, so yeah. I, I. But I'm glad you got it. Good job. Okay. All right. Well, I'm in the lead for now. You are ten to eight. Dang man, I gotta catch up. All right. G- yeah. Give me, give me some hard ones, as you said last time. Give me some hard. Give me some hard. I don't know. I thought that might be tough. You know, because there's, there's nothing there that, I mean, sword and flying. Yeah. 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 Hook is a Hook is a beloved yeah, film. Hook is man. classic, dude. It's a great one. Uh, good old Robin Williams there. All right. Well, good job. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, I don't know how long I'll be ahead because I'm sure you're going to give me something harder <laughs> next time. I don't so. know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, um, that is it. That is it. That's it. So you can find us on the social meds. Yes. At Twitter and Facebook at Rewind Cinema Pod. You can find us on our website at rewindcinema.com where we post reviews. And shoot us an email at rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. And Letterbox, like we said, if you know what Letterbox is, we write cool reviews on there. Go check out the stuff we're watching individually that we don't necessarily talk about. That's right. Letterbox, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. And if, if you like what you heard today in terms of music, check out Natural Anthem. Find them at naturalanthem.net. The good old boys. As always, Matt, watch more movies. Sweet Wally, just sleeping.
Just sleeping. <laughs> just catting. He's jellical.